0: I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, April 30th, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, chief Washington correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, there's a new drama playing out in Beijing because of dissident Chen Guangcheng. Now, Chen escaped from house arrest, and he appears to be living inside the American embassy. A senior American diplomat is headed to Beijing to try and defuse a crisis. So what's this all about?
1: You know, Kerry, you have to say the Communist Party in China, they've had a really bad couple of weeks. I mean, first they have one of their rising stars who ends up... Uh, having his uh, wife arrested, he gets ousted, and all of the internal bickering within the Chinese leadership becomes evident to the world. And now one of the leading dissidents manages to escape his house arrest, seek refuge in the American embassy, thus creating a bit of a crisis with the Americans at the very moment that uh, Secretary Clinton and Secretary Geithner are about to arrive there. Right now the Chinese have to figure out whether or not to demand that the Americans let Chen out, or whether or not they just ignore this entire thing, or in some way sort of signal the Americans that if they just got him out of the country, the whole thing would go away. It's not an easy place for the Chinese to be right now.
0: With those two officials arriving in Beijing for an annual summit, how do you talk about expanding strategic or economic relationships while a state dissident is living in the embassy?
1: You know, it's not going to be easy, and it's a real test of how much the relationship has matured. I mean, the reason that they have this strategic and economic dialogue is so that we begin to talk to the world's second largest economy and one of its fastest-growing military powers about all of those issues that we talk about with our allies and even a few of our adversaries all the time. You know, this is the forum where you have... Big talk about economic relationships, everything from exchange rates to trade rules, but it's also a place where in the past the U.S. and China have talked about cybersecurity, what you do if North Korea collapses all kinds of big issues and the idea is to keep the leaders focused on these much larger issues in the relationship and of course what's eating away at it is one of these older smaller issues not in the sense that human rights is not important but that the case of an individual will likely overshadow the big relationship questions. And you have to imagine that the Chinese are going to want to invite Secretary Clinton for a separate talk during these meetings to figure out how they're going to get out of this.
0: Human rights issues in China haven't really been very high on the administration's priority list. Does President Obama have any choice but to deal with this?
1: He sure doesn't. At the beginning of the administration, Secretary Clinton, on her first trip to China, basically said, look, I'm not going to raise human rights issues because you never get anywhere with the Chinese when you do it anyway. What three and a half years of experience have forced them into is a position that they have no choice, particularly when there's a high visibility case like this.
0: David, you were just in another corner of Asia, in South Korea, just as the North appear to be getting ready for a nuclear test. Is this creating some fear in Seoul?
1: You know, I thought it would be, Kerry. I was in South Korea for uh, the better part of last week. And when you opened up the South Korean papers and you look for a story on the North Korean nuclear test preparations... It was pretty hard to find because they had much bigger national security threats out on page one. For example, there were endless stories about the discovery of a mad cow in California, which was leading the South Koreans to once again find a reason to ban American beef. And there were endless stories about an effort in an obscure international organization to get the Sea of Japan renamed the East Sea because the South Koreans and the North Koreans have never really liked the name Sea of Japan. The sense you got, Kerry, was that at this point, the South Koreans have seen the North send off two nuclear tests, both underground, and that they think this is sort of diminishing value for the North Koreans, and they're basically trying to ignore it.
0: Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.